Today on Media Literacy Arts, I'm talking to writer, composer, actor, playwright, um, whatever else, Dave Kilgore, and we're talking about his new book, Flash Fiction, which is 150 one-page stories on murder, grief, uh, sci-fi. A little bit of everything. Murder, grief, levity, love, fun, gruesome, bloody, sweet, kind, sad, you name it. Welcome to Media Lair Sandwich. I'm Scotty Miley, better known as Tonin K from Tonin.com and YouTube.com slash Tonin K. Well, Will couldn't be here today and neither could Mark, but we got somebody that has so much experience in so many different areas. We're with Dave Kilgore, and let me, you know, let me try to get all these things done. We got actor, we've got writer, we got composer, we've got different kinds of writing. We've got plays, we've got books, we've got novels, we've got monologues, we've got a table full of things all of a sudden with the with nice stands and keep in mind the video version is different than the audio version, just feels like a whole new show. Um, Dave, tell us tell us a little about yourself. Dave Kilgore, what's your website first? Uh, Dave Kilgore. I am at DaveKilgore.com. Makes it pretty easy. <laughs> and uh, yes, I am an actor, pianist, uh, film composer, music playwright, author. Uh, I'm I'm one of those idiots that everything I see, I want to learn how to do. Everything interests me, and I just dive into it head first, and I love it. You know, if you're in the Detroit area and you partake in, like, the local Detroit scene when it comes to movies, we see you at screenings, even if it's not one of your own projects. You know, I constantly see you around, talking to everybody, you know. Oh, man. So what's your current project? <laughs> Let's just go into that. What's your current project? Uh, currently, um, a after actually uh, the last eight or so years, between uh, being an extra on the big Hollywood films and uh, having major roles in a lot of the independent short films, few independent feature films, four TV commercials, a dozen web commercials, uh, on camera in about 100 projects. Uh, right now, I'm laying back on the acting a little bit. Uh, I'm still making a few short films of my own, some music videos, but I'm spending more time lately writing. I am, I, I just really got writing books just a couple of years ago as opposed to stories and songs, everything I've done all my life. And project right now, to answer that question, uh, I've got one I've got started. It's a novel called Murder and Break Broke Pass. It's a Southern satire where a man in Southern Tennessee in 1976 is accused of murder. And the folks at the town are just plum giddy at the thought of a hanging taking place right in their backyard, and they want justice, justified or not. I'm having a ball writing this. I'm about halfway through it. So hopefully within the next six months you'll see this. On Amazon. Alright. So you're writing this book. You already got a mock-up. Um, picky much? <laughs> picky a lot. Yeah, that's uh, it's just a proof copy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I had that made up just because I wanted to check my sizing, my my font size, the font spacing, mm -hmm. the margins. I want to make sure everything's looking really good so that I can continue writing the novel knowing that when I get to the end I don't have to play with all that. That I upload it. Mm -hmm. Boom, because I'm, uh, I'm using CreateSpace to self-publish. 
Wow. Okay. So there. So there's three different things I I need to ask about. <laughs> Let me try to organize my thoughts here. Okay. So you, obviously your mind is jumping around because you're thinking about the look before you even finished it. Yes. That's one that's very impressive. That you're like it's gonna be done. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about this now, so I might as well do like two or three things at once. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's where your thought process is on that. Uh, one of the reasons that I do this kind of thing, I mm -hmm. do this ahead of time. Uh, you know, you think the primary concern should be the prose, writing the story. Right. Which, that is very important, but at the same time, um, I want to have a good visual on the cover and what the whole thing's going to look like, even just how I'm spacing my, my chapter titles, things mm -hmm. like that, because it all melts together for part of the finished product. And when I get to the very end, when I finish the book, I don't want to rush through all those fine art details at the end because I want to get the book out. Mm -hmm. So if I get those done ahead of time when I finish the book, then I can put it out confident that I've already gone through three or four versions of this until I right. get one I'm satisfied with. All right. So that speeds things up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it gives me a better product at the end, hopefully. Okay. So, so the mock-up, how much are you done with the book? About halfway done. Okay. Okay. So all everything in this really nice printed book probably will change. Yes. Now, you did just release another book in Amazon. I, at least I bought off of Amazon. I bought three yes. copies off of Amazon. <laughs> this is being recorded uh, in advance uh, before Christmas. And, well, some people probably watching this after Christmas. I probably have some people's Christmas gifts up on the table right now. <laughs> I mean, fantastic book. Go ahead and tell us about this anthology. Okay, this is flash fiction, light, dark, and odd. 151-page stories of murder, grief, levity, and love. Um, I wanted something. I got. I was in a couple of writers' groups, and one of the groups, one of the women in the group, introduced me to flash fiction. And once I read a few dozen pieces, it was like, okay, I'm intrigued by this. I like the idea that you can take uh, an entire story and, and squash it down, get rid of everything that's unnecessary, and mm -hmm. put this into 250 words on one page. And flash fiction, just like any other kind of, of writing, is, is wide open to interpretation. And you can write a flash fiction piece about one moment in time. You can write it about an entire lifetime. Mm -hmm. It can be subtle, it can be loud, it can have a, a gentle, soft ending, it can have a big, hard punchline. There's just so many ways you can go about it, so many ways to tell a story while still keeping it concise. And it's, it's a lot of fun, it's a challenge sometimes keeping it that tight it's an entire story on one page yes now I, i'm sure you did the same thing with this one and got uh and got a mock-up yes i did how many changes did you make because you're probably trying to figure out i guess the biggest concern was how big should the title be mm. and how do you get all the words to fit on one page and to make it look like you didn't skimp at all are all the stories exactly the same amount of words or around the same average? They, they started off, I started off writing 250 words per story. 
And the reason I did that, besides wanting yeah, to keep a challenge, <laughs> besides well, see, do I include, uh, do I give them an accent so they don't say the words A? Uh, <laughs> do I make them Canadian so they say A way more than they should? <laughs> uh, well, well, the thing about that, though, uh, and I really found it once I got, got into my first few dozen of these and then further on into a couple hundred of them, I wrote 250 of them all together. Um, Trying to keep it to exactly 250 words when you're first writing it, if you've got a few words too many, you get to go back out and see, you know, I don't need this. I don't really need this. I said this is redundant. It's not needed. Once you've cut a few things, it's like, well, now I'm at 245 words. I need to put some more in. Well, what can I put more in that relates to the story that tells the reader more than just the five extra words? Then once I've got everything tight just the way I want it, there, then I'm going back and rereading it, you know, another 10 or 12 times, doing little tweaks, then I'm not concerned about exactly 250. So in this book, you, you might find some that are 245, some that are 255, a little more here and there. But just the, the original idea of keeping it at 250 mm -hmm. forced me to go back and pick and pick and pick and really make those words valuable. You know, that's one trap I, I think that I hear a lot of people do, which is the opposite of what you're doing, is writing too much. Um, I mean, you, you're the writer. You know more about this than I do. Uh, I know when I was doing more film stuff, uh, I, you know, I myself don't build myself as a writer, so I work with, with other writers, and they would give me their script, and I would just... Like, all right, well, let's see how much I'm cutting. <laughs> and, you know, and, oh, I love my old writing partner, Ducky, but I would cut, and he loved it when I did this because he would say he would have to write himself out of a paper bag using page after page, and I would cut it all down to, like, five words, if not one. Um, and I feel like that's a trap, and I feel like that's something that a lot of movies do now because they write themselves in a method where they're setting up a series and they forget all about the story that they're working on here it's just it's a story it's a moment you know all within a page hmm. uh so like what what got you to do this i know you said you you were just recently introduced to flash fiction yes and uh, again i'm one of those i see something new and it's like squirrel <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to learn how to do this. Right. It's it, everything. Uh, every, everything excites me. I, I love learning. Mm -hmm. I love creating. And so when I was introduced to flash fiction and I got a little taste of it there, um, started writing my own. And then all of a sudden I realized, wow, these things are pouring out of me. I was writing seven or eight of them a day. Wow. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning one one night. I had an idea in my head for a flash fiction piece. Mm -hmm. I got out of bed, I went to the next room, turned on my computer. Two hours later, at five o'clock in the morning, I went back to bed after having written four stories. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it just pours out. You know, then of course, just going back and tweaking and tweaking and mm -hmm. and just taking off the rough, rough edges and making it. You're not nice working piece. one at a time. You're, you you work on one, and then you turn and work on another one, and then you're swapping back and forth. Yes. So, like I said, I actually wrote 250 of them. Mm -hmm. The weakest 100 didn't make it into the book. Wow. How do you choose? Um, by reading them over and over and over. 
I spent a lot more time reading and editing than I did writing the original wow. piece. Now, you're self-publishing. Yes. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, all kinds of ways to self-publish. Uh, one thing that I really, really, really caution uh, writers uh, about is it, it's sad how many so-called publishing companies are out there that they're not real publishers, they're vanity publishers. They charge you for their services. And just like in acting, you know, I tell people, you go to an agent, the agent wants money from you up front, run away, they're not a real agent. An agent gets paid for getting you work. Same thing with a publishing company. A publishing company invests in you because they're gonna make, or they expect to make, a big profit in the long run. So many so-called publishing companies are out there, again, the vanity publishers, They'll say, oh, well, just give us $2,000 or give us $4,000 and we'll take your book and we'll, we'll edit it for you and we'll create a really nice cover art for you. And we'll, uh, which those things I do myself. And, <laughs> and as you sound and as I've read, you are a good editor. <laughs> Thank you. Also, uh, they'll say, well, you know, part of that package that you get with the editing and the cover art is the ISBN number, the Inter International Standard Book Number with the barcode on there, which if you buy one on your own from Bowker's, that's where they come from, uh, it costs $125. Now there's a real curve here. If you buy a hundred of them, it costs you like $500, so like five bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. When you buy them in the kind of bulk that the big publishing companies do, they cost practically nothing. So those vanity publishers that say, well, part of that $4,000 we're charging you is for your ISBN. I go through CreateSpace, createspace.com. That's owned by Amazon. If you go there and you follow all their instructions on what software to use, you know, usually Word, uh, they tell you what formatting to use, what you know, depending on what size book you want, uh, your, your margins, inner margins, gutters, all those things, they tell you how to do. They tell you how to convert that to a PDF and how to upload that to their system. Once it's on their system, they will show you online what your book looks like before you order it. You know what all that costs? Nada, zip, zero, nothing. It's free. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is be patient and do your homework. Yeah, and, and that advice transfers to, I mean, you're talking from two different industries right here, writing and acting, mm -hmm. and it also transfers to doing videos, uh, YouTube, the YouTube networks. Um, wow, they're like, hey, join us, and we'll get you free music that you can use in your videos, we'll get you this, we'll get you that. Yeah, you can get all that if you do your own research. We'll get you monetized, yeah. <laughs> Guess what, YouTube, you're usually already monetized and now that doesn't mean anything anymore anyways yeah. the way youtube is um <laughs> check back in some of our previous videos where we talked to a couple uh, uh platform owners that are competing with youtube and we have plenty of wonderful things to say about that uh so let's look at some of your, your other work. Uh, you know, on the table you have uh, short monologues and scenes for kids and teens. I know that's a series. Uh, yeah, it started off as a series. Uh, I was doing uh, e each book and I just did these as Kindle. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's another thing that public, the vanity publishers will tell you, well, part of your package you're paying for is we'll put it into a Kindle format for you. Guess what? Free. Go to right. CreateSpace, go to Amazon, KDP. Yeah, I knew a guy that was doing a Kindle book like one or two a month. And so he would only charge like two bucks per book. And mm-hmm. he would actually, you know, and that was part of his income. He looked at it almost as an online creator. I make a couple of these a month, even though they're just small pamphlets. I charge him between 50 cents to three bucks. But those are, of course, very small, short form mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and not, you know, these nice uh, uh, books that for practicality that you probably spend how much you know time on and uh, a lot less than you might think. <laughs> I know we've had this conversation before. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not, not necessarily that that I'm that good. Just because you're prolific doesn't mean you're good. But I am very fast at writing. <laughs> we uh, see we're on a panel. I was monitoring a panel with you and like five six other people. Um, I forgot exactly what I think it was finding your niche. Mm-hmm. And every time you put out a time range of what you work on and how fast you do it, everyone's just like, hold up, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, the uh, the Monologues and Scenes book, mm-hmm. um, it started off as four Kindle uh, books with 51 Monologues and Scenes in each one. And then I put them all together as one of 204. Okay. And then it was it wasn't until like almost a year later that I finally got around to putting this in uh, paperback. Okay. Um, the, the reason I wrote this, I had, uh, you know, I have my Dave's acting tip of the day. I've been doing for right. like two and a half years on Facebook. And it was longer than that. Now you still do it. But at the time, it was just two and a half years. Yes. Oh, and, they're wonderful. <laughs> and, oh, thank you. And um, I had like right at about the same time, I had three different moms of young actors contacting me saying where do we find good short monologues and scenes for our kids to do for auditions for practice for class can't find anything good out there well i'm the kind of guy you ask me a question i'm going to do my best to find an answer so i got on amazon and i looked through all the look insides and every one of those i went to barnes and noble i sat there on the floor for a half hour reading through all these books on monologues and scenes for kids and teens and they were all, let's, let's just say not up to <laughs> anybody's standards. Uh, they were either way too long, horribly written, or age inappropriate. So I said, you know what, screw this. I'll write my own. And once I started writing them, you know, just like the flash fiction, mm-hmm. once I got in that mode, they just started pouring out. And I was writing dozens of them a day. And the, the difference between these and the ones that I was looking at elsewhere, you know, published by other people, is, again, you, you keep them short. Some of these that I saw out there were like three pages long. And so if, if it takes you five or six minutes for a monologue, for one, it's going to be horrible for a little kid to try to memorize. For two, you can't use it in an audition. You go to an audition, a casting director wants to see you for maybe 60 seconds because they got another hundred people waiting behind you to do theirs. So you want to go in with something that is a story. It introduces the actor. It, it gives a story. It wraps it up. It leaves a little chuckle. It leaves a little something with the casting director. And you didn't have to look at their watch because you got in, you nailed it and you left. And that makes them happy. That's how I wrote these. And that's why. 
Now, do you have success stories? Um, I will just say this. I don't know what all the students are doing. Uh, so far, I've sold uh, around 450 of these in at least five countries. Okay. And every now and then, I get uh, a Facebook message from someone that I've never met, uh, sometimes even from other countries, saying, my daughter just used this in an audition. My daughter's using this uh, for her classrooms. And it came out great. And thank you so much for giving us something that our kids can use. And it's a great feeling. Yeah. It really is. That's fantastic. But as to one of your other questions, once I got in the mode for this, mm -hmm. I hate to say this, I wrote this book in under two weeks. <laughs> now, this is four books, you know, mm -hmm. you know, what was intended to be a series and was, was a series. Mm -hmm. And they put off it. So you wrote all those within two weeks. Yes. Wow. How do you get in that mode? Um, I don't. There is something horribly, horribly wrong inside my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, um, I, I guess I am. I, I'm happy to say on this part because it's something I stress when I try to teach acting to people. The big word for me is empathy. You got to know what's inside your character's head. You got to know what they're feeling. And when you, I get inside a character's head, whether it's for a monologue scene, whether it's for a flash fiction, uh, or even you know something longer when I'm writing, I'm writing novels, I get inside the character's head. And it's not a situation of, okay, what am I going to have this character do next? I don't do that. I'm not writing. My characters are writing. As long as I'm inside my character's head, they know what they're going to do. And I let them take it, and I just type away. One of my favorite Dave's acting tips of the day is, what, you expect a new one out of me every day? I'm going to go <laughs> mow the grass. In character. In character. <laughs> yes, there's always a lesson. <laughs> You know, and it seems like you, you run with that. Is there a difference between writing these and doing music? Because you are a composer, uh, and you've also wrote full, you know, musicals. Uh, am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, I wrote uh, two musical plays for Girls mm -hmm. Point Theater, Youth on Stage. Each play had eighteen songs. Uh, with my studio at home, my virtual orchestra and everything, I created. Um, you know, wrote all the songs, wrote the play, did full orchestrations in my studio for each song, put it on CD. So during the performances, uh, the orchestra was playing through the speakers while there were 70, 8 to 14 year old kids on stage singing my songs. I got to tell you, that's a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, the kids did a great job with it. And uh, that it, it's a different it's not like some of the murderous stuff I have in the flash fiction of course it's for kids I wrote a lot of fun stuff in there and I just put myself again in their minds you know I, I'm a 10 year old and what's going to make me laugh when I'm doing this little western scene going out there you just put a fart in every other word and there you go you win <laughs> no actually I, I I don't like those. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're in too many movies. I, I, yeah. I don't like going to see a kid's movie and have it only be about fart and butt jokes. And I see mm. that way more than I think people even realize anymore. Personally, if you have to resort to bathroom humor, you need to find yourself a better writer. 
There's a lot more to be said, a lot more entertainment, uh, a lot more in-depth things to get into character and story without having to ruin it by just bathroom drinking. You know, so you're doing the short monologues, you're doing these flashpoints, you're doing short music videos even. Yes. I, I don't know if they were just, I'm bored today, I'm gonna go rip on Connie West. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> bored. <laughs> what, what's your YouTube? Um, what's your YouTube channel? Or oh, I'm sure there's a link on the website. Uh, actually, I need to do that. Thanks for reminding me. But okay. on YouTube, I'm Mr. Dave Kilgore because someone else already had Dave Kilgore, mm -hmm. and I couldn't find them to kill them. So uh, <laughs> there can Dave only Kilgore. be one. There can only. Um, but yeah, like the the music video you mentioned there, um, it, it's a sp spoof rap mm -hmm. called "I Got No Talent." I, I got no talents? What do you yeah, have? I got no yeah. talent. I got no talent. Uh -huh. All my life, I never learned to sing. That's why I got to talk all through this thing. Uh -huh. And uh, that was one of those that I thought about it in the morning, and I sat down and I wrote it. I went out that afternoon, and I shot it. I sat down that night, and I edited it and put it on YouTube. Boom. And then we end up uh, contacting you when the convention's out. So it's going, hey, I want to put this in my uh, in my little screening party uh, at a convention because I think it's hysterical and we need and we need some more local films. <laughs> uh, so you're doing all these short forms. How is it different to do a novel and, or even a full you know full play than it is doing all these short little um, quite. A different mindset mm -hmm. in in some ways and quite not in others. That makes sense, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, of course, when you're looking at a one-page story versus a 350-page story, uh, it's not a one-page story dragged out. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's just much more in-depth look into the character's background and their motivations and people and situations around them and and a little bit of history and hopefully everything's still uh, driving the story forward, developing the character all the way through. You don't want anything in there just for Phil. Phil is a curse word to mm -hmm. me in writing. <laughs> if it's just Phil, it, it doesn't belong there. You know, progress the story forward. But in doing that, and it depends on what genre you're in too, uh, what I'm doing with this Murder and Break Broke Pass, Southern Satire, I'm calling my roots in my writing of this, I'm doing some Mark Twain kind of stuff, mm -hmm. some old satire. <laughs> and good gold, uh, down south storytelling, sitting on the back porch in a rocking chair with a beer and saying, yeah, I remember me and Paul used to be out here on the fields and now, all them fields out there, those were all trees. We had the creek running over there, and then this guy come running up the creek one time, didn't know where he came up from. He was out of town, and it turned out he was that feller that robbed the bank. And you keep it interesting, but even through all the little side roads and everything, all the way going from point A, your beginning to point B, your end, you're still having fun with it while just building a life around the character, around the story. And as long as you can keep it interesting, keep the reader wanting to turn the page, that's a good thing. <laughs> but yeah, it is um, it is a little more difficult writing something this long, particularly in, in this one, I've got a lot of different characters mm -hmm. and they all interrelate and their stories coincide, all go parallel and back and forth around. In keeping all of those 
in step and and making sure you don't get to the end and then oh i never said what happened to so and so we left them out there hanging somewhere and we well, that's where editing comes to play. Right. Uh, you sound like you almost write it from A to B, and then you go back and, and edit it. Um, is there real, are you really that linear, or? Um, it, it's, um, let me put it this way. Uh, there is outlining, mm -hmm. and there is what they call pantsing, or, you know, going by the seat of your pants. Okay. And not outlining. Now, you, just like in everything else, you've got some people that are in one camp and some people that are in the other. A lot of people say, well, you have to outline or you don't know where your story's going. Other people say, well, you can't outline because if you do that, you can't just let the creative juices flow and let the story go where it may. Now, uh, James Patterson, one of the top selling authors of our time, he extensively outlines all his novels. Stephen King one of the top selling authors of our time, never outlines. So the, what's that tell you? Doesn't matter, whatever, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I'm, I'm a combination. Um, I'll start off, I'll get a story in my head or just an idea in my head or even just a character and I'll sit down and I'll just start writing. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going and maybe about three chapters into it I'll figure, okay, at this point, I need to remember where I was and figure out where I'm going. Then I start doing a little bit of outline. Sounds like you explore the character and then you and then you make things fit. And you yeah. extensively edit. Yes. How do you keep like if you're you know, you're editing your own stuff, is there any way staying like unbiased or like being able to just cleanse your palate and, and look at it with fresh eyes? time uh, what I'll do and I just told my wife this the other day that once I finish murder and break broke pass I'm gonna set it aside and I'm gonna get back to work on one of my other novels mm -hmm. called Lakeview High Reunion and which is all the entire book is told in first person and uh, it's a different story we'll talk about that sometime right uh, but I'm gonna go back I'm gonna finish writing that novel and a couple of months into that, I'm gonna turn around, I'm gonna go back to Murder and Break Road Pass, and I'm gonna read it again, after I've given myself like two, three months away. Mm -hmm. Then I can go back and read it and go, oh, I wrote some really neat stuff there, that was funny. <laughs> and that part, wow, that's really, really kind of boring. I need to Was I tired? Why, why did I write that? What was I thinking? <laughs> I, I believe all true editors uh, talk to themselves, oh and my. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure oh your my. wife at this point is used to you yelling uh, inside of a room, either yes. at the computer or at yourself. Or yes. who are you talking to in there, honey? Oh, Harold's having another discussion with Lawrence's his attorney, and oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I forgot to do something. I'm doing it now. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, people always ask about uh, writer's block. And one thing I, I do hear from a lot of authors is that writer's block is a made-up thing. doesn't really exist. It's just fatigue. And then what you do is instead of stop writing, you go write something else or you go work on something else. It sounds like that's what you do. 
Uh, again, another there are multiple camps. Okay. Uh, you know, some some people talk about writer's block and say, I just I got to this point and I just I didn't know what my character should do and I sat on my novel for the next two years trying to figure out what my next page should say. Uh, I think the problem there personally is they're not asking their character what they want to do. Uh, but as far as writer's block, uh, for me personally, writer's block usually lasts for, for about five seconds. I, I stop and I go, well, wait a minute. If she walks into the room there, then what's he going to do? <gasps> oh, yeah, right here. Click, 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 click. I'm back to typing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I had to get back into somebody else's head inside the story and let them take me where they're going to go. Okay. And if later I decide, you know, they went the wrong direction, that's what editing's for. <laughs> I can go back and I can fix it. Wow. Now, you said uh, while writing uh, flash fiction, you actually did a short, I haven't seen this, but you did a short movie based off one of them? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, one of the stories in here uh, is called Invasion. And it's uh, future and it's uh, a little dark. <laughs> And I, I made the uh, the short film that way. It's probably about a three-minute film only. Because okay. I basically just narrated slowly the one-page story with some footage of my own, of me, in it. Uh, most of it was actually uh, stock footage. And, that you uh, purchased or that you just had laying around? Uh, that I got from free stock footage sites okay uh and i make sure every image and every video and anything that i use online i always make sure it says free for commercial use no attribution required and all oh, uh, that that no attribution thing that's that's the tough yeah. part yeah because i don't want to mess up my end credits with saying oh th and i'm also crediting so and so and so and fred and bill and joe right. and fred and george and al for their contributions no just thanks guys but here's my stuff I'm using it, and there's my product. Right, right. and and for those that are wondering to find this stuff, um, I where did you find that? Uh, I usually purchase uh, to go into sites like Audio Blocks, Video Blocks, mm -hmm. and there's a ton of music sites. For the stock sites, I'm not so much up on that because I don't do freelance anymore. I used to have to buy by picture and then just build the client. Um, but you know, there are some stock sites that are flat rates. Um, where do you find the free stuff? <laughs> Pixabay. Okay. P-I-X-A-B-A-Y dot com. Now, of course, they're not going to have the vast amount of great footage mm -hmm. and, and images. And always read everything because... Everyone. Because I'm sure there are all sorts of, uh, you know, there's, there's different types of Creative Commons. So you have to read yes. what type of Creative Commons the creator is giving you. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, uh, flash fiction like Dark and Odd, mm -hmm. uh, what I did there was, even though there are 150 one-page stories, it's actually over 300-page book because every story has a one-page picture that goes along with it. So it, it's a full entertainment experience there. Now, I didn't take all of those pictures. I, I did shoot the cover myself. Okay. In my basement, and um, I, I took a few of the pictures that were in there myself because I couldn't find what I wanted to fit the story, 
So then I took the time to take my own photos. But all those other ones came from Pixabay. Again, every single one I checked before I took it was free for commercial use, no attribution required. Wow. Nice. Yes, I'm a cheapie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you there. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and ask a question from the hat. Uh-oh. Uh okay, so these are pretty much random questions. Uh, if they seem too much like one of those uh, icebreakers you may get when you're going to school for the first day, I, I'd just toss it back in here. Uh, Can I answer it ahead of time? <laughs> uh, boxers. You know what? We did have someone that wanted to submit that. We did have someone that wanted to submit that question. Uh, if I do read someone else's question, I will have their name on here and I will credit them. Uh, this is not one of them, however. Let's see here. Uh, have you ever had a troublesome situation near line of work and how did you get out of it? I think you touched on this already. Troublesome situation in my work and how did I get out of it? Uh, wow, so many, <laughs> so many troublesome situations. Um, I, I, I tell you, I, I can't think of anything specifically in acting. You know, for one of the things mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot. Um, you know, every now and then I get into a project that once we're shooting, I realize, oh, this is not the script that I thought it was going to be. This is not the quality that I thought it was going to be. And uh, I really, to me, this is a bad situation because this reflects on me when the final product is out there. You know, whether I did a good job or not, it's gonna look bad because the whole project is bad. And, and we, we get a lot of good stuff coming out of Michigan. Got a lot of mm -hmm. good filmmakers out there, a lot, of, a lot of good cast and crew, but sometimes you run across those things. Uh, and in that, I, I say the, the best you can do is be assertive enough and hopefully creative enough and knowledgeable enough in your field to be able to go to the director or someone, you know, producer and say, look, can we try this? I think this will give you a better product and everyone will be happier. And whether they take that or not, you still just got to do your best, work it through to the end. And when it's done, know who you're not going to work with again. <laughs> Did that answer anything? Absolutely. I, I believe it did. I know the other answer you gave earlier on is that when I run writer's block, you ask what your mm. characters would oh, do, yeah. uh, which makes me think you have a billion tiny voices running around your head. Yes. Uh, but, shut up back there. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have similar issues. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, it's like my, my wife uh, sometimes, since I'm sometimes writing, I'm playing with three or four novels at the same time. Mm -hmm. And my wife one time said to me, honey, you're working on four novels at the same time. How do you keep them all straight? And I looked her dead in the eye and said, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can you uh, go ahead and read us a passage from the oh. flash fiction? All righty. Uh, now keep in mind, this is light, dark, and odd. Uh, there's uh, murder, grief, levity, and love. Um, so I'm going to grab one that's a little bit of a couple of those things. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of the later ones that I wrote when I was doing all my editing. It's called Down by the River. What are you doing with that sack and wheelbarrow, young lady? The officer asked. Taking my husband's body to the river, she replied. 
I killed him two days ago, and I'd rather not have him stinking up the place. I'll be entertaining company Tuesday. I'm sure you can understand. Of course. Had the same issue last month with my mother-in-law. Had enough of her. Drowned her in her own cabbage gumbo. When she passed, she passed out the other end. See, that was that fart thing. <laughs> I don't know what smelled worse, that or the soup. Either way, the missus was none too happy with me, as I'm sure you can imagine. I was on double shifts and didn't take the old broad out until three days later. Family meals were a bit awkward. I'm sure they were. If you don't mind, officer, I'd like to get on with my task. Forgive me, miss. Would you like a hand wheeling the old boy to the bridge? I would greatly appreciate that, good sir. She blushed a flirtatious smile. Would you mind helping me to nudge him over the railing when we get there? He's gained 40 pounds since we married. I don't know that I can lift him. No problem, dear lady, he said, flirting back. We'll give the booger a good hoist together. By the way, you're single now, right? She giggled. <laughs> yes, sir, I am. And you? Soon, my dear. Care to join me on the bridge for another hoisting tomorrow? Why, yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> there, take that. <laughs> wow. All right. So uh, I believe that would... Uh... We've been talking to a lot of different platforms and, and trying to figure out wh what else to do with this show. And one of them, which, uh, which I need to respond to, let's put it this way, they have the term uh, dysfunctional in their title. And I think that totally fits that audience <laughs> very well. <laughs> so you can see why I have fun writing these? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll tell you this, too. I They're not this. to be taken seriously. <laughs> Some of them are. Okay. But but um, I forgot to mention this before. The majority of these one-page stories, mm -hmm. it wasn't until maybe two-thirds of the way through the story before I realized how it was going to end. I was just writing it, and two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through, it's like, oh, my gosh, guess how this is going to end. <laughs> And then I just type away at it. Right. I go, yes! <laughs> I, like, a story like that, I can just see typing there and just giggling away. Yes. <laughs> what are you giggling at? Oh, nothing. You can read it later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Dave Kilgore, check him out at... DaveKilgore.com. Okay. Yeah, I know if you've also was actor, you know, in, in, in many independent films and also yes. some of your very own. Um, if I, I, I assume you have an IMDb, people can oh, yeah. check that out. Um, you know, check out this flash fiction book, and I'm looking forward to your novel. I bought three different. I bought three copies of this flash fiction book. They will be Christmas gifts. I appreciate that. Uh, check out Dave Kilgore. Thank you everyone for watching, listening. I'm Scotty Miley, better known as Toden. Check me out on Toden.com. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit that bell for notifications for the email so you know when we come new episodes. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. Um, all the help we, we can get, well, we need. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And may the algorithms be in your favor. <laughs>